You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Yeah, so chapter eight, fuck life versus real life. He makes a point in regards to defining that the fuck life versus real life and what many what many people perceive as almost, I guess, what's real and what's not, because a lot of it gets overly publicised and marketed in such a way that it looks cool. It looks like the cool thing to do, like almost like, Getting shot, like see when fifty got shot nine times. Yeah, like that was glamorized. Like, like getting shot is the thing to do, but obviously it's not. Getting shot or stabbed isn't isn't wavy for for anyone. But um, he makes a point of saying on page one thirty eight, as we mature at various points in our life, our perspective on rap has to be adjusted to use it for our best interests. Now I'm going to ask how many, how much influence did rap have over you as you are coming up, and do you think its influence has become more intense or decreased in the following generations? All right, do you know what's crazy? PR go first. So in the in the um, he made some good points actually in that chapter, and I'll touch back on him. But first, to answer your question in in the UK because I wasn't unlike a lot of like maybe yourselves and a lot of my peers around me at the time when I was kind of maybe maybe between like I don't know like ten and sixteen. There's a lot of influence from from the US, like mm. uh, a hell of a lot. Like, I liked Tupac, but I wasn't deep in the in the in, in the kind of deep in the in the American scene base. Like, all my boys were like Nas, and they like they listened to Nas, Jay Z, and um, you know Noriega, Capone, all these other artists. I weren't deep into that. I, but then what happened was, the, obviously, the emergence of like a garage sound happened. And I grew I grew with that. That's all. That's almost where my first passionate love come from. Because the reason being. It was UK based. I knew these areas, they were touchable, they were on a tube line. Um, what's noticeable now is growing up, obviously our, our scene, our music scenes elevated and evolved. And you've got this kind of, this drill slash grimy kind, grime and drill scenes. Um, drill predominantly coming from America, but UK, I think personally taken up a notch. But what mm. I see now, because their man, the way their man rap here, and everything's ching and ching and all this stuff, and it might just be the media um, really keeping a close eye on it and exposing it. Like, you would, the way you'd deem it now, you'd think, like, the majority of the youth out there are just carrying something that, that, can, that, can, that can pierce a man's skin. And you obviously hear about a number of... I'm not, obviously, I'm not a young boy anymore, so I don't know what's really going on down on the roadside or whatever. But the way they speak, it's become so naturalised and normalised to someone to have someone got stabbed here or... Or um, this person, yeah, they got you got your team on you and all this. I was in, I was, I was in Eden the other day actually, and I stand outside the shop and like a group of young boys, they, could, they, they were definitely teenagers, like high school teenagers, mm. and they were just like they were outside. The, I think they were buying fireworks outside the fireworks shop. They were messing around, but one of them was like, I think they was messing around. One of them was like to his bridging, yo, ching my man, innit? Ching my. I didn't know it was serious or not, so I was looking, and then like I think they were ended up joking on, but it's just like little things like that, and I think the emergence of this normalization from the lyrics you get because it's so dominant in our world now on the YouTube and your certain um, certain uh, pay, um, 
certain creative spaces like your like your GRM dailies and all that because it's so prominent every day is a new track and it's so big it's started it seems like it's becoming naturalized and normalized and I think I think I think it is having an influence on the way people carry themselves but like he raises a good point um Christopher Freeman raised a good point in the book in that like when the, when the man them that are rapping and that started making some loot or some money, they were then rapping about either a brethren's or a former life because now they're about the business. They're seeing as Mullah. And who wants to be out on these cold streets still involved in war when there's money to be made? And you find, you actually, you actually be fair, you're finding that with some of these um, grime artists as well. Like you're, you know, P, you know I'm a fan of like um, Trapo. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, I'm, I don't know if he's still out here doing what he complains in the street, but... He still raps about it, and the same with these other people. Do you know what I mean? So it's whether or not um, they're still glorifying the street, the street life, and it's and people are picking up these kind of young youths are still thinking these guys out there doing that, or whether or not they're they're they're, they're talking it and they're doing it. But I do think the music has an inf- I think the music has an influence. Although me per se, it didn't have an influence for me because I didn't I wasn't knee deep in the American music, the kind of rap and hip hop. American music, which might have gone deep into the street life, that makes sense. I kind of come up, when I was coming up, I loved The Garage, which was just about spitting bars, technically, who's most gifted. It wasn't, you didn't really get much substance in the way of bore up this man and all that kind of stuff. So it's more like the vibes, like I still like the vibes in of that. Mm. What about you, P? Um, yeah, so like to answer, I mean, one a part of your question, I think mm. it's intensified and I think it's intensified because of the accessibility. So obviously now, whether it's hip hop, grime, garage, what have you, is now available on, on, on not, not only on your TV screen, but, but on your computer screen, on your phone. So there's a lot more accessibility to it. So yes, I believe it's actually intensified. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I think, yeah, it's, it's here to stay. I mean, it's arguably one of the biggest industries, certainly in this country and probably the world, you know what I mean, whether it's hip hop, as a whole, not not necessarily our scene here in the UK. I want to say, like, as a whole and as an industry, it's definitely one of the most, well, certainly the biggest in the world anyway. Um, mm. I know there were certain parts of the book where, well, I think you've kind of, um, you've said it anyway. For me, me personally, and I and I like to believe, obviously, people of our age yeah. take rap for what it is. You know what I mean? It's not literal, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to go either acting out or see some of the things I've heard in terms of, shooting someone or robbing someone or chinging someone or what have you is is they're entertainers um and for me it's entertainment although some of it is relatable and obviously i'll get onto that as to um us growing up but we matured so for me yeah i just i take it for i take it for entertainment value but as to what even what mason was saying in terms of some of these things even perpetuate themselves or some people kind of telling bringing out negative um, connotations as to what the scene kind of stands for. Me personally, I believe, I don't want to talk about movies in any way, shape or form, but I think people people need to tell their story. And, and for example, if I came out, I'm 35 years of age, and if I came out as a rapper today and I, I don't want to hit the jackpot, but all of a sudden I was, I was, I was popping. Mm. I've got 20 years of experience that I need to talk about before. I mean, of course I can talk about the here and now, but I've got 20 years of experience that I need to um, enlighten people about to give people um, a foundation as to who I am before you can, mm. I don't know, you need to know who I am, you know, and obviously my past is a part of who I am, but as to me growing up, mm. um, whether it was Nas, Jay-Z, Prodigy, I was, I was um, 
running through a list of books that I feel I've no not not that I feel I was running through a list of books that I've read in general and I listed Jay Z's um, Decoded, Prodigies I forget the name of the book and well they're the two books um, that I've literally just wrote down as now as as Mason was talking, um, Prodigy and Jay Z Prodigy and Jay Z, well. Those two individuals, Jay-Z, his book was about, obviously, his lyrics. Very similar to Wretch's book that's come out that's got a lot of um, good acclaim as to how how deep it is and, obviously, how, you know, him going into his lyrics and, obviously, why he said certain things. That's what Jay-Z's book was about. Prodigy's book, and as I was actually writing that down today as to the books I've read, that's arguably one of the best books I've read full stop as to you actually understand fully who he is and why he was. Because a lot of people actually looked up to Prodigy, but although we looked up to him, you, you can never really understand, obviously, why the way he was, despite, obviously, listening to... In fact, no, you knew by listening to his music. By, by reading his book, you got insight into his past, and you, you understood the story, and you knew, you knew why the way he was. And, again, as to the scene itself, if I'm 15, 16 years of age, not for everybody, but for some of it, it's relatable, because they're telling stories and, t- and saying things which you actually understand, and you, at that time, might not have any role models, Hence, those people on those big screens or on those screens are going to be individuals who you look up to. Of course, it's incumbent on them to be good. Um, as a part of me to say it's incumbent, I'm not too sure it's their responsibility to be. No, they they should be good role models. Good rock. They should be good role models, knowing that other people are watching and listening. But there's a part of me that says they are responsible, and there's a part of me that says they're not responsible. You know. But again, just touching on one each other bits and pieces. Um, yeah, they taught us stuff as to Nas, as to history. There's certain things that I didn't know before Nas said them. Um, again, obviously, behaviours, things taking place. We understood them because some of, some of these stuff we were seeing. And, of course, as to 2020, we aspired to a lot of the things they, they, they went on to achieve. But in the, in, in, in the here and now, in, let's say, 2000, early 2000s, a lot of them were getting good record deals, all that type of stuff. And like, oh, this person... Got this deal, boom, 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 and you know we just, you know we loved it. So did, mm. did any of the see when you was listening to any any of these guys, yeah, like the rappers and that when when we was like yeah seven, eight, yeah nine, whatever. Did any of it have an influence on the way you moved or the way you tried to go out and make money out here when you were younger? I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, not that I can't take myself. Wait, I don't even. Know. Let's say you're three to you've named three to five artists or maybe more, yeah, that were like rap hip hop and they might have said some things about getting money this way or that way. And maybe they've changed the lyrics, but that was their that was their like their essence back in the day, yeah. If you didn't hear if you were if you were listening to jazz, I don't know, like um classical, would you have had would you have had like would it have changed the way you kind of came up mentality-wise and trying to get money at a young age before you, before you, you could even like work a job if that makes sense? No, in regards to like jazz and stuff, I don't think it would have made, I don't think it would have made a difference because what I understand certainly in working in schools is you're talking about environment. So if all you're seeing in your environment is I don't want to say predominantly negative stuff, but if you're seeing negative stuff, if you're then hearing someone who's on the big screen then rapping and 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 putting it in putting a way that is is gripping i'm not going to say entertaining that is gripping you're feeling that you feel that you understand you're emotionally drawn to that you understand exactly what he's talking about so that's the jazz jazz and all that or another genre of music no but like did it um influence me as to some of the things i was doing like i, I laughed like there, there was rappers talking about Kane, and I used to think, "Who's Kane?" Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I swear, I'm, I'm, who's Kane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to think, like, for, for the longest, I was thinking, "Who's Kane?" 
Like, obviously, yeah. fast forward, obviously, I knew they're talking about cocaine, but no, did I want to be a shot? Nah, but I always knew personally that wasn't. I mean, we can go into it, obviously. I, I think there's parts of parts of the book where they talk about that type of stuff, but that was never ever my lane, and I never ever really wanted to get into stuff like you know, I mean, selling drugs. That was just far too a murky game for for my liking, you know what I'm saying? And I feel once you kind of cross that line, then there are no rules, you know what I mean? As, as these as these dudes are now talking about robbing the plug and all that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, there clear, clearly ain't no rules. Yeah. Do you know what? Slightly off topic, but one of the deepest, I wasn't big on the American rap scene, but one of the deepest tunes, and I can't remember who it was by, yeah, but it was like, um, it started off like, life is the interlude to death, son. The saga begins. I'm the reflection. You call Mega. That tune, that that yeah. you talk about painting a vivid picture, and if mm. someone else is is talking about shooting up a man or selling drugs, and they're painting that vivid picture, because I saw that whole picture, that song there was, I could mm. put that on repeat, bro. So yeah, right. you know the tune, French. Of course, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, no, there, oh my gosh, my goodness, is it called yeah. the saga or something? Yeah, say that, again. The saga is what it's called. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not that, but yeah, I don't know if the tune's that, but his um the album or that mix the whole album, the whole album, yeah. um, the whole album. One, one of my best albums, like hip hop albums. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, yeah. Good question. Do you have a perspective on that, friends? Yeah, no, of course, man. Um, yeah, I was definitely influenced by rap, but do you know what it was? I I was. Well, I've always had music being like my mum and dad played music from early. Like I've grown up in a musical house, so I've always had different music. And I think one of my first memories of like rap music in particular is like um, Slick Rick. Like I remember uh, my dad used to bump Slick Rick and that. And I remember like see if if anyone doesn't know about Slick Rick, like he's one of the 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 first original storytellers in rap. Like. He used to tell stories and you could picture what he's saying. Like, so I remember like being young, like my dad used to drive me to like football practice and he'd be bumping Sit Rick. And he would have that tune, um, Children's Story. And I used to love that song. Like he used to play it. And I could like just listen to him. I could picture everything he's saying about the, that that particular song. He's talking about um a youth, um, two and that him and his bridging's going out on eats, basically, going robbing texts, robbing um, handbags and all that stuff. And then they go too far. Then one of them does a mad thing, and then he's getting chased by the by the Jakes, and he busts his shots at the Jakes. But because Rick, like the way he's way he puts it forward, I could see it in my head. Like I could literally see what he's saying. But at the same time, being so young as well, but also having the knowledge that this isn't a real thing. This is a story. It's a children. The song's called a children's story or something like that. Mm -hmm. So. I was always aware that, yes, it's entertainment, but there is, it's such a thin line because some of it's real. So, like, from my personal experience, like, like, like the way I come up in, as P said rightly, it's your, it's your environment. So I come up in an environment where that, like, everything that that man's talking about in a rap was on my doorstep. Like, I saw it. I come out of my house and I walk out the road five minutes and I'll be seeing crackheads and I'll be seeing, like, drunks and I'll be seeing... Like man's olders serving and and do you know what I mean? Like see like see see when um uh, what's his name uh, George yeah see when like, see when he's talking about like all the man them ripping te te like, kettles and that that was like my old that is like one of my god brothers like 
like that was all of his team. Like that, that was all of like all of them and then I used to like me, like, obviously us being a I was probably about eight, nine, ten, watching these lot coming back to the ends, like with kettles and like buying off that like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like these are they're always 16, 17, but they're coming back like drippy then type like those are like Moschino and Iceberg days and like the um Sarchi belt. So I was seeing that as normal. Like that was normal. I wasn't really that was the music wasn't really influencing me in that regard. I was just seeing it anyway. So mm. yes, on one hand, I was definitely influenced by the rap. But the funny thing is, like obviously I started getting into like the, the drug game or whatever, whatnot. And man used to like, as as P was rightly said, like my be that they would say say things like Kane and Nova Kane yeah. and all them thing there. Yeah. Bro, man didn't know what that was until man got into the game. And when I started doing my thing, man was like, Oh shit, that's what man's talking about. Man's talking about a triple beam and a bounce and whatever. whatnot. it's like, yeah, man's doing that. Man's really active. Man's really going hand to hand and and doing it. So when you're listening back to certain lyrics, you're like, okay, that's what he's talking. I didn't even know what he's talking. It just sounded dope, though. It sounded fly. What he's talking about, but now man's really in it, involved in it. I'm actually understanding more of what he's saying. So um, I was definitely influenced, and I think. Fast forward a bit, like after being in um being on the rose and that certain certain albums for me, like one of my favorite albums till this day, probably one probably is my favorite album, is Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. Like that used to get me pumped, like to to be on the block, like just hustling, like just really. And the thing is, I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like it was a case of he made man go out and do it because he tells a cautionary tale as well. It's not like he's saying it's all glamorous. That is, it's like. Bro, like in, in that song, there's a particular song he talks about called The Evils, like spelled devils, but the evils. But he talks about um the first line he's like, basically, me and my friends don't talk no more because we're all getting money. So it's best that we don't talk because if you're seeing another man's digits, it can get sticky. And that's how it gets on the roads. Like we all come up together, but then when start when when man started making some kind of money, you start splitting off into little your little groups, your little crews, like we all come up together like 30, 40 man deep, then you'll start going like these five men go over there, that five men go over there. And you start to see what's going on. It's like, oh shit, like what you're saying is real. Like this is taking place as man's doing it. So it definitely had an influence. But at the same time, I, w- I was always aware that not everything being said is real because as I said, I was, le- I, I was into music from young. So I was having that education that there is storytellers within the rap and there is some realism within the rap. But then when you stop, for me personally, when, when you actually get involved in certain things, then you, you, you listen back to certain man's lyrics, you're like, nah, he's gassing. Like, he's just chatting. He's just, he's just waffling. Like, that's not, you're not, bruv, you're not busting off your thing and dupping man the way you're talking like that. You may have done your thing. You may have been on the road. You may have even bust your gun a couple of times, but... The way man was talking, like they was catching bodies weekly. It's like, nah, bro, like, you're not doing that. And obviously, when you start getting into weight, you're like, okay, like man's moving that kind of weight now, so like it's, it's not a big deal. So it's not it's not as glamorized when you're actually involved in it. But coming up, being young, like you're subconsciously, I was definitely subconsciously influenced by it in in ways that I probably wouldn't recognize until I got a bit older and actually was involved in certain things. So I think, yeah, I was definitely uh, influenced by rap to an extent. 
but more so, I would say more so my environment because before I knew about certain things from rap music, I was already seeing it. I was already involved in certain things like just little dumb shit, but I was, I was already halfway in there. And in regards to if it's more intense, I think it is more intense now. I think because MP, I think you both made a point of that nowadays it's more... Um, it's more out there. It's more. It's more of a everyone listen to it. So yeah. I remember, like even like like when I was knee deep in it, like everyone used to dress like how we dress, but not everyone was on the roads. So I was like, mm. I, I remember making a point to one of my bridges one time. I was like, right, it's like, it's like everyone's got this uniform, like the shutters uniform or something. But man, ain't shutters. Like man, ain't on the roads like that. But you look like you are. So it's easy to fool. You can easily blend in and look like you're part of what's going on but you're not really part of it. So that's part of the influence as well. That's part of the the culture and um, the way we dress. Like, look at, look at even today. Like, you see a bag of you probably from little villages that are in Air Forces, night tracksuits, got a man bag. Bruv, they are far from on the roads, but they look like it, though. Do you know what I'm saying? They've got the uniform, so it, it looks like they're part of the action. But do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely not the case of their... They're trapping or doing whatever they um, a lot of these rappers talk about. So um, it's been, I think it's been become more intense in terms of it's more like see like like trap for instance, like they're talking one bag of grease and trap, but they're making money from it. And it's more mainstream now, so that's more that that in itself is more tense because the more the more traction they're getting. And the more degrees that they think that they can talk and get still get sales and still it's gonna get more intense naturally. So that's that's just part and parcel of the, the cycle. And um I don't want to say unfortunately, because rightly so, as um P was saying, a lot of these youths that are coming up and rapping, like they had they've they've been on the road. So they're just talking about their experiences that they've had, which is fine, that's normal. Like if you've been on the road, just by all means talk about it. Um not to say you have to endorse it, but I think it should be a case of, all right, cool, but talk about the negative sides of it as well, because it's not all glamorous. It's, it really isn't. It's really not all glamorous. So if you're going to make a message and say, yeah, I've been on the roads, I've done this, I've done that, all right, cool, but talk about some of the bad times as well, because there are kids listening, there are younger people listening, and they are influenced, as as we just um, spoke about being influenced by uh the the rappers but not everyone has the education of knowing that part of it is real and part of it is fake mm -hmm. do you know what i'm saying i was watching it's funny i was watching a uh a, 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 something on netflix actually on david letterman jay-z was talking on um the interview and david letterman asked him like, he's like oh is he asked him a question he said is is there a large percentage of rap biographical and Jay-Z started laughing like, nah, it's not, it's not. It's, it's, it's basically a lot of it's fake. Like a lot of people are overselling it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these rappers aren't doing everything that they're talking about, but it's entertain a, part, a, big portion, a big portion of it is entertainment. But it's knowing the thin line between one and the two because it's so hard to distinguish because on one part, on one line, you may say some mad fly shit that sounds cool but in the next line you may drop in a gem that's really happened in your life mm. but how do you distinguish the two between 
you're talking about some big willy shit that you may have like um I, I can't think of a lyric but a certain like Certain, like obviously, rappers are very creative with what they say, and they make it sound mad, fly, and flashy. But that's not obviously the whole truth. But there is part truth to what they're saying. So you have to be smart enough to know which is real and which isn't. And unfortunately, not all of us, even up till today, I think there's people in our in our age group that probably still can't distinguish between what's real and what's not. So it's going to be even more tough of a. A situation for the younger generation to be like, he's just talking about it in in an entertainment way, and he's talking about it biographical. So, like, see how you're saying about um, Cormega, yeah. like how he painted a picture. Obviously, Cormega's a rapper that's really been in it; he's really done it. So, he can paint such a picture and make it so vivid because he really was doing it. But then, at the same time, I'm sure that there's bars and songs that he's made that. Not everything is a hundred percent authentic or real in terms of um, everything he's saying. So, um, yeah, I guess we, it's, it's, it's again just re to reiterate: it's hard to distinguish always what's what's real and what's not. But um, go on. So I know you're about to move on. Um, go on. That's the reason why, like, at this sorry, in this moment in time, obviously we're speaking about. Um, Music is, is really accessible. But now we have a lot of videos. We have documentaries. You're talking about the, um, sorry, the David Letterman and the Jay-Z. David Letterman, isn't it? Yeah? yeah? Yeah. I haven't watched it. I have seen it. I was going to watch it. You're talking about that and the Jay-Z. So now, and obviously there's the Narsing on Netflix as well. And obviously as well as that, you've got music videos. Although music videos are a bit more um, entertainment. Uh, yeah, a bit more entertainment. These documentaries allow you to actually um, see, as the, see actually not what took place, but you actually now begin to see the the scene, if that makes any sense. And it allows you yeah. into that person's life and also it allows you a bit more buy-in. Just very similar, because I know you mentioned you were talking about um, thing um, people beginning to splinter off as yeah. you got older and as people were making money. You're, you're making reference to the Jay-Z thing. And yeah. the first thing that, that crossed my mind in relation to this country was the CBiz documentary, where he was talking about as they got a lot older and everyone was making a bit of money, Everyone, but everyone began to pick sides, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and everyone went in their own different direction. Mm. But like, not only that, and I say this all the time, and I know I mentioned this to Mason. I know I mentioned it to Mason. I know on the, on the phone before, and I might mention it also on the podcast too. As to rappers, I've got no problem with them saying what they say. Yeah, saying what they say. As individuals, you're entitled to, and what people do naturally is celebrate their wins. So you can be doing the maddest thing outside. All right. But ultimately, it's a win. And as humans, I think naturally you, you, you want to not that you want to you want to boast. I think it even says stuff like this in a book. But like, you, I mean, you point of making is you celebrate your wins as long mm. as you know yourself. All right. And don't mm. go overboard and don't do the madness and say, like, OK, nobody wants to be out here shooting anybody because ultimately, mm. ultimately your life was in your life is in danger. That's the reason why you chose to to do that. But if you said you got 10 bodies when you really got one or you just shot at someone, bro, mm. you don't know, you're not knowing, you're not, you're not telling the truth. Mm. Then it becomes a problem. Yeah, no, facts, facts, it's real. It's no, real, but mean, then, yeah. it's, it's like, how do you define, it's, it's for, yeah, as, as you said, it's for the individual to kind of define, define the entertainment side and the realism side, isn't it? So, it's, it's yes. Yeah, it's, it's up to that actual artist. Each individual artist will, will that's something they they have to contend with. But mm. 
you raised a good point about the more you you got access and a lot more access to like knowing a bit more knowing whether it's a rapper or anyone a bit more in depth. Even there's a last point obviously before I think we're ready to move on. But there's a, there was a there's a YouTube James James English the guy who does interviews right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like figures of a certain um, era like generation gangsters and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He's just he's brought out a new one within the last week or so. I probably listened and watched the first twenty minutes of it. We have a guy from Bricky called um, Quincy Tate Faves or something like that. I can't remember his surname. But I remember hearing about this guy ages ago because apparently he, he licked shots at Fed and, and got jail time for like 10 years or something. Mm. But like, um, all I've ever seen is like, um, I think, he, I don't know if he's done music. I've seen him in music videos and stuff and just, I don't know. I think the point I'm making is for the first 20 minutes of this, I was I surprised myself because I was so enthralled because he starts speaking about how he grew up. Mm. And it, really interesting I'm, just, I'm still at the point where he's growing up he's only 10 years old but what he's going into into the psyche of how he was raised and what came before him and what was going on in this household is very interesting very very interesting and, and it's a two-hour interview and I'm going to commit myself to listening to that now because the first 20 minutes I surprised it surprised me that actually how he came across and I remember even my missus was in the background she saw me watching it on YouTube and when I paused the halfway and I said, um, you know, this guy went to the prison for so I'm speaking at police. She's mm. like, what? I goes, yeah. She, she goes, he just looks like, he looks like a guy that's, that works in finance. And like, just to put himself together. He came across, he's, he's coming across really well. Not yeah. like a street man or hoodlum, nothing. And yeah. I'd, I'd just re- I've been watching 20 minutes, but I'd recommend probably one, like both of you to just look into it. Yeah, I've right. seen it pop up on my feed still. I've, 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 I've seen quite a few. Well, I haven't watched loads of James English's videos, but I've seen a few of his things. So his, his stuff does pop up. So I'm, I'm aware of the video you're referring to. So I will yeah. get to it at some point. But um, yeah, just moving on. Just moving on. Um, it talks about the, the D-Boy versus the 9 to 5. And I haven't, I didn't go into it too much, but it's something that we can discuss briefly. And yeah. what... What's that? It's important to discuss. Yeah, no, definitely, because it's funny. I'll just watch, within the last, I think, half an hour, or hour um, I was watching um, a video and it was talking about sim- similar things. And even I've read a book on economics. Yeah. I think it might have been free economics or something like that. And they break down, like, what... And even he breaks it down in the book as well. Like what you earn as a D boy versus what you do as a nine to five, nine to five, and the risk that you're taking realistically, you might as well just do a nine to five, and mm-hmm. that's facts. Like actually being involved in it, like for 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 what you're making. Don't get me wrong, you can you can do the whole cool thing and look cool when you're getting the money fast, but you're blowing money fast as well. So at the end of the year, when you look back and see what's in your pot, it's be like, oh, you might as well just work to nine to five. You'd have been much better off still. So it's it's that D boy versus nine to five myth that everyone kind of dismisses and thinks that again it goes back to the whole glamorization and the ease what people think is ease of of being on the streets and it's not even easy it's easier to be working a nine to five you get more money I wouldn't say yeah you can get more sustainable money from it and you can live life without fear of being going to jail or end up dead. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's it's looking back on it, it's definitely um it's a waste of time, bro. It's a waste of time. You're better off doing a nine to five, really realistically. If you look at the statistics on how much people 
actually earn that, who gets to the top and who makes that the creme de la creme. And for the majority of people who don't, you're better off just doing the nine to five from the get go and just and live your life without all the, the hassle and the drama still. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know what comes to mind? Um, and I'll be quick, P, yeah. There's a obviously, as, as I told you, man, UK music was my thing. As soon as that exploded, I kind of grew with that. But when um, Blade and Gigs released their joint mixtape time ago, maybe Hollow Meets Blade or something was called, yeah? There's okay. a lyric, there's a, a tune on there where Blade says, I ain't got no flipping peas up in Barclays. Well, I guarantee you now, yeah, Blade at the age of mid-30s, wherever it is, has peas in Barclays and Halifax and that West. Maybe back then he didn't, but guess what? As the book shows as well, your peas are almost like your cash in hand is mm. worthless. You cannot do nothing with it. The man says, do you know how embarrassing it is when I know I've got cash, but then if I'm going to flipping um, buy a car, I have to take my aunt with me and put it in her name. Yeah. Like he speaks about all that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the got peas in Barclays now. Which one of them build a society? 100%. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. And yeah. I think point, one of the points to make, because when you're young, you're impressionable, you're vulnerable, your situational circumstances can dictate, can dictate... Um, your kind of what your movements and stuff are like your peers and all of that yeah but i've always maintained it like if you don't have to do it you mm. need to be if you don't have to do it you, you just need to be big enough and bold enough and not succeed into peer pressure because a couple man them at 14 i've got a couple bags in the name and obviously you don't have anything you don't have to if you it will come it will come eventually you know what i'm saying mm. and if you get to a certain age it's just not working just cut it out man i've seen it with people close to me it's not working. The road life's just not for you, in it. Like, because believe it or not, and as my man makes in the book, to be a road man, you've got to be flipping intelligent. A lot of these men in the road, they can be successful whether they have their own companies or nine to five. They're mad intelligent because you have mm-hmm. to have mad wits about you. You've got mm-hmm. to know what's going on in the around you. It's you got to, you have to have a level of intelligence to reach any kind of sustainable income where you can sustain your sustain yourself, sustain any that any lifestyle that you need to live, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So, just you're better off. Take away the fear, the anxiety, the, the pressures of the road, the you know, the fact that if you get in trouble, you're gonna have to call lawyers and next week got a record and mum's pain and that's take that all away if you don't have to be involved. If you don't, do you know what I'm saying? If your circumstances don't dictate, you have to be involved. Yeah. What was you gonna say there, P? Um, I can't wasn't say, but I do have a couple of things to say. So, like, um, so anyway, so I'll just, let me just start anyway, because I know we're talking off it about chapter 10, et cetera, et cetera. But I think a lot of what of I've wrote down in chapter 10 is essentially what was your question, your question moments ago. So like, I was going to read something very quickly and then I'm going to go into what, I was, what I'm going to say. So it says, you're not crazy for, for wanting the finer things in life. Self-esteem is one of the highest levels of needs. Mm-hmm. Um, se- second only to self-actualization. Status is one of the primary ways society categorizes people. When you're young, that is the only that's the only way we're thinking. As to it speaks about I forget what I'm about to read here. Um, some of the hustling myths anyway. No, it's talked about addiction. So an addiction is composed of the following engaging in an activity consistently, producing negative results from it, not being able to stop engaging in that activity. So we're talking about hustling, but let's say being a being a drug it's addictive, dealer. Though. It is addictive. Yeah. So let's talk about drug dealing for yeah, as, as an example, but certainly those ones who are on the lower end of the scale. And we're talking mm. about those individuals might as well go in and get a nine to five. Mm. Now, my thoughts are this. There's a couple of things anyway. First and foremost, there's a lot. I mean, I've been listening. I've been reading other books, actually, um, quite a lot recently. So 
as to this as to one of the books I'm reading, it talks about um, business and there being a, a low a, sort of what's it? Um, basically, the entry the entry point's easier. Being a drug dealer, the, the entry point's easier. You know what I mean? And obviously, because you're living in in a place or an environment where there's a lack of opportunity, you're you're more likely to jump into that opportunity where there's a low entry point. You can get you can grab you can get some get some food very very quickly, and then mm. hopefully with that optimism, you feel you can actually a sell it. But at the same time, your imagination will. I mean, my, my my imagination at 35 runs wild. So imagine what I was like at 14, 15, thinking, mm. yeah, if I grab a bit of food, I can sell sell a bit, get some more money. Then all of a sudden, I got a key. But you know, you know, I mean, my that's the way my imagination would have run wild. Mm. I was talking with um, I'll get to my friend in just a moment. But like, as I was reading the book, and I hope I'm not rambling on, I was thinking of myself and as, as an example. Like we come from we come from parents who were immigrants or who weren't born here. All right. Now, if education doesn't work for you, right, considering your environment, more often than not, I know like adults often say this to kids: you've got more opportunities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they're not thinking like that. And you have to be, and as an as an adult and as an educator or a teacher, you have to be a quite imagine. I mean, you got to have you've got you got to have good imagination. But at the same time, you've actually got to show these kids what these opportunities are really about. Now, the day we're living in now, I think these kids can see these opportunities because they they're, they're seeing it on the screen as we're talking mm. about. It. It's, it's, it's accessible, so they can actually see it. It's not about you now telling them; they can actually see it. So, of course, they're gonna grab the mic and they're gonna go to this acting class and boom, 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 so on and so forth. But if you've not got yourself educated, you've come from come from let's say come from nothing, bro. It's more it's more likely than not you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna look for that low low entry point, which is more likely than not be drugs or other bits and bobs, and that's what leads you to get in, getting into trouble. Where, where, where we come from, more often, like, where we come from, and I'm not even claiming that we come from the dirt, all of us anyway, always being as bad as some people claim, is your future, more often than not, looks bleak and you're taught to live in the present. And that's the reason why these people, they go out, they sell drugs sometimes and they drip or drown or they do all that nonsense because uh, you're living in the present. You're living in the present. Get rich, die trying, ball out, splurge, all these silly little phrases. Mm. they're there for a reason yeah um i mean to to reiterate on the on the next chapter because we're going to go into chapter nine where it talks about the trap part one prison and death yeah and just just to go off the back of what you're saying and just to kind of wrap up what what mace and i were saying as well he mentions he mentions on page 153 Thinking you can achieve long-term success and happiness by trapping is a trap house of the mind and an un unavoidable circumstances. Then the, the absolute worst part that breaks down every man's the loss of his freedom. You never realise how incredible it is to have your freedom until it's taken away from you. But on the flip side, considering the mindset of you can trap my body but you can't trap my mind, is jail a deterrent? I uh, that's a good question. I think it can and it, it can be. And the reason I say it can be, and I'm going to relate this back to when we had Swift George on because he he made a very very good point. What he said was because I remember he, he said he got a big bird, but he mm. said he needed that because if you got a small bird, it wouldn't have deterred him. The same way Christopher Freeman in his first prison sentence come out and was still young enough to go back on the road. In the same way in that documentary which I'm talking about on YouTube, 
he done a work of 15 to 21 come out and his mind was still, I can make it off the road. Do you get what I'm saying? There wasn't, a, <clears throat> there wasn't enough of the deterrent, whether that was the number of years or whether or not that was the age at which he went inside and came out that yeah. would have said, I'm too, uh, like, A, I'm too old for this now or B, right, I'm not doing another eight stretch. Do you get what I'm saying? Even if you're at 16 and you do an eight stretch, 24, you're like, I, I can't do that again. I'm not doing that again. So mm. I think it depends on the number of years you get, or, or the, not even years, but the time you get and the punishment, or even how your experience is in jail. Because um, one of my cousins went in, I think he got a year done six months, but that was enough. He just didn't, he was like, nah, I can't, I'm not doing that again. That was enough. Six months, yeah. that was enough. Then, nah, boomer. <laughs> no, I hear that. I hear that, man. Um, for me, it's mad, really. So, like, I agree with everything Mason said, but is it is it deterrent? I mean, history. I, I say this all the time, and I know. I, I think in recent time, I've gone into not a, not a negative state, but I mean, I've been looking for looking at things the way looking at things for for I don't know what the phrase looking at things for the way it is. I think that's the phrase, and history will tell us it's not a deterrent. Mm. You go in. You learn more, you come out, and then you go back in. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but, you know, that's, it is and it isn't. I mean, for those individuals who, for, for, um, for which it's a cycle, those individuals, more often than not, believe they don't have the opportunities available for them to go on and do something more. And for those individuals who go in jail, and let's say there's one out of 10 of them, who come out like Swift George and they start their own business, et cetera, et cetera, is because they have, they do have the opportunity. They are, they are, they are smart and intelligent enough to go on and do other things. Not to say those individuals who are um, selling drugs and getting, getting, get bit, getting bits and pieces at wholesale and selling it at mass. Cause obviously I know there's an, there's a level of intelligence there, but some individuals don't know how to translate that type of business into mm. something that is legitimate. And we need, and people need to understand because I see people on the internet sometimes talking about that um, that transition in itself. If you can do this, you can do that. Yes, you can, but you need a level of support. I mean, Swift George said it himself. How long did it take him from to come out of jail um, for him to then um, do what he was doing? I mean, we spoke for I, I was going to say two hours. I'm not too sure, but we spoke for a long time, and he was talking about his story in terms of doing um, warehouse jobs and this, that, and the third. Bro, it's not easy. It is not easy at all. Not easy at all, but like, is it deterrent? Um, yes and no. I mean, like, I put up a, I put up a post today, and I was just trying to pick it up um, as Mason was talking. Now I'm just gonna just say what's on my note. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a conversation people are having, but bro, prison like violates your human rights. Like, oh, it's certainly um, is toeing the line. You cannot protect. Yo, I mean, let's let's talk from experiencing even knowing people or from knowing people. Now, from my knowledge. You get your last meal about five, and you don't eat till like nine a.m. the next morning. And man, about... yeah, yeah, I know. Tell me, tell me what's in canteen apart from crisps. You got, you got noodles. You got chocolates. You got tuna. Hmm. There's quite a few. You can, you can whip up a meal store. I'm not even in your fight. kettle, bro. Man, do it, bro. Man, no, man, make Michelin meals in that kettle, boy. No, so I'm. Oh, it's funny you say that because um, prodigy. From Mob Deep, he talks. He he, um, he brought out a book based on that actually, in terms of. Don't even mean to jump in, but uh, I don't know if you don't know about um, the podcast Million Dollars Worth of Game with um, Wallow and, and Gillian. 
Yeah, yeah, Killy the Kid and his cousin Wallow. He done twenty yeah. years, done a twenty year bid. And um, I was just watching a, uh, one of his videos the other day, and he's talking about whipping up Chi Chi in the in the bowl. And it, he's talking about wh- whipping up like different kind of meals, and he does it on on in the actual video. It's kind of funny still, but man, get busy in jail when it comes to all of that. Man, man, are inventive still. But I'm not I'm not trying to promote it and be like, yeah, that's the thing to do. But not, not any means, but just to kind of say. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about the, the 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 human rights and stuff, but at the same time, you speak to another man and they'll say jail is life, bro. They're trying to stay in there because, and again, I don't want to make it out like to say it's it's the thing to do, but at the same time, this is reality and man know what's going on. Um, you can make more bread in there than you can out on the road. Certain man do anyway. I'm saying like you can you can get things put over. And you can make bread. Like, certain men go into jail so they can go and make bread in jail to come back out so they're nice when they come out, which is crazy to me. That's not something I'm trying to do, would do, or or even promote or condone, but that is just the nature of the beast. So um, not to jump on what you were saying, but I, I do agree with you. It's, it's not really a deterrent to an extent. It's not. It depends on who you are as well. Like, and where you are in what stage of your life you are. Because if you go, if you go, like, if you get nicked later on in life and you come out later on in life, you're not going to be so convinced to start back up again. Whereas, as as Mace rightly said, if you go in at a younger age and you come out and you're still young enough to, to do it, you'll be like, Psh, boy, I can, I, can, I can do that again still. Let me get back to it. So it's not a fully deterrent, but I think there needs to be more support in regards to education and just the thing about having transferable skills because if you can build up a line you can build up a business it's that simple like that is a business you are building a business if you can go and start trapping like from scratch like have no customers to having the customer base that is what every other business does it's not any different it's just the product is considered illegal but um, yeah, going back to the actual the, the the point of the question, I agree with you, Pete. To to some degree, it is, but on the whole, if we look back on history, I don't think it totally is. But then saying that, what what would be a deterrent then? Like, what what would be something that could be put in place that would be a deterrent to stop uh, the youth from from wanting to to be D boys or sell drugs and and get involved in the street life? Oh, all right. I think you're uh, all right. Opportunities in short, all right. But mm. in, in short, but as um okay, I don't want to actually I'm not gonna use I'm not gonna say I'm a drug dealer. All right? Let's just say, yeah, just say I, I decide to become a drug dealer. Mm. I have made a decision, all right. I can potentially make this amount, all right, which is a lot. So let's say X amount. I like to believe I've made that decision, I'm happy. I'm happy. I've made the decision that if I get caught, I'm prepared to do big time based on the premise that I either have or I can make this money. It's a mm. risk that, that they're prepared to take. Mm. And that is the that's and that and that's yeah. that's the fact, you know. Mm. Whether it's five, ten, fifteen, people are being given this sort of time. Some people are coming, some people are coming out to money, and some people unfortunately didn't make enough money. 
and they mm-hmm. won't be coming out to the money. And that's the risk you take. We're yeah. living a day and a time where there's, yes, I'm not going to say there's not, there is a lot of opportunity. Now you've got a lot of people who are rappers, let's use rappers, and not just rappers, people who work in the industry. So, so actual people who are musicians, people who work behind the scenes, people, whether it's the camera, this, that, and the third, business manager, people are now seeing those opportunities. And now like, you know what? I'm not too, I'm, this road life actually, <laughs> Actually, I feel there's there's other opportunities. I actually cut myself up there because I was listening to Judge of Souls, all right? Uh, um, talking about that transition. Very, I heard like a two, three minute clip and I'll listen to the rest of it um, later on this evening. He was, he was saying like at his early stage when So Solid first popped off, a lot of men were telling him, oh, I'm not too sure, you know, that's going to work because of this, that and the third. But he he persisted and he made it work. So Solid? No, no, he was talking about both. So he's from obviously PDC, but he was talking. He was talking about Mega Man at the same time. He was talking about how he um ah uh, not hired um your promoter and you. I forget what the term is. I'm a promoter. And I get you to come to my gig. I forget that. anyway. Promoter. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I remember, okay. I, remember I, bought, I bought his book actually. Judge, I saw his book. Um, street, street, like, street kid or something like that. Yeah, he's got yeah. a new one. He's got a new one out. Oh, a new one again? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. his old book. But um, there was two things. It was a couple of points you raised. Um, one was about making enough money or not making enough money. And there's two things. There's one that's real life. I saw the news the other day. I saw in a news clip. And there's one that's in the book. So with Christopher Freeman, the first time he went in, he was married. He said, yeah. And yeah. he was like, yeah, like he, like, like he had this thing. Right, like everyone else gets caught, but in your back end, you think you won't. Like, yeah, I'm too smart or whatever, but everyone gets caught. But anyway, he was like, right, okay, I'm going inside. He, was, he left like a hundred bags with his girl and left 12 bags with like a sibling or aunt or something like that. Bruv, like that money, because once again, he, I like the way he broke down a lot of the economics in the book. He said, yeah, like hundred crates sounds good on paper. When she's just got a newborn, she's got rent to pay, bills to pay, and you're, you're going away for five years. That ain't going to last the test of time. Next minute, the money can only compensate for so long before a woman wants to feel like, you know what I'm saying, desire, love, companionship, all the rest of it. That, do you know what I mean? After a while, she stops visiting and all the rest of it. Then your your money you save up gone. The woman that was holding you down has gone. Do you know what I mean? You've got to start all over again. The yeah. other thing was, there was a, a, there was a BBC article or newspaper or something I saw the other day. When you got stopped and searched in, he was driving, this car got stopped in like, somewhere in Northwest London, yeah? Bruv. I don't know if it was a pre-planned operation, but after they stopped him, they went to three linked properties with him. Imagine they found 200 bags in cash. Mm. Um, I don't know how long he's had that. Sorry, how long he's been working for that and whether like, certain parts or arts. But I'm sorry, bro. Me being on the roads and if someone's one day, just one, like within an, an hour, is just scooping up all my... I don't know how long it would have took to earn that, but scooping up all my 200 bags and I ain't got a thing to say. I just got to eat that and do a sentence. I'm not involved. Not involved, boy. <laughs> not involved. I gotta eat that loss after a sentence. <laughs> See, and like you have, uh, whether it's rappers or not, but you get people talking about the L's they've taken. Now, mm. I'm just gonna move, move the st- move, like move the scenario to the left. All right. So, like in me going back and forth from Barcelona, and and the, some of the things that have been on the news as to migrants crossing the channels and all that type of stuff. Bro, listen. Not that it's no different. In me being in Barcelona, I'm, I talk to these individuals. You feel like these individuals are prepared to take the risk based on what they feel was on the other side. It is no different from a drug dealer. Okay, if I move this work, I might have 200 grand, boom, 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 so on and so forth. 
you've got individuals, and I'm going to use extreme circumstances because I don't want to pe perpetuate, um, um, I forget the other word, I don't want to perpetuate anything. So, like, some people are fleeing from conflict and then they, they, they understand, okay, but, oh, if, I, if I cross into Egypt, Morocco, boom, 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 I can go over and I can find, find me some work or give my child an opportunity. Yeah, I'm prepared to take that risk. Bro, yeah. they're prepared to die. Mm -hmm. They're prepared to die. That is the same. I'm not saying it's the same risk, but it's the same. Like I equate these things. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I equate. I, I equate. And even like even with myself, like if I use myself, I, I like to use myself. It's all good, well and good talking about other people. But let me use myself as an example. And I always laugh and joke about this type of stuff. Like when we're talking on the phone, bro. I'll do this homeless thing, no problem. I know it's mad, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem for what for what my people have been through or what I know other people are going through like what's homeless like no, no, no. so I haven't even expounded on what um, yeah, explain, explain yourself that sounds I haven't explained myself because people just think I'm crazy so like I've taken like, I, I mean I, I talk about this in my book anyway so like I, I've taken risks over the past three four years in terms of make, not making a lot of money etc etc in order to um, upskill myself and put, and propel myself and put myself on a platform where I can do certain bits and bobs. You think I haven't contemplated? Yeah, I might not be able, like just why, what what happened if I go homeless, bro? I've given money to homeless people. I've given food to homeless people. Well, not that no one has before, but I've seen this firsthand, bro. Like, there's talking about taking L's, all right? Obviously, drug dealers. There's nothing like experience. So once you've taken a couple L's, like, bro, in order in order to be successful in life, you have to take L's. You have to. Mm. You have to. There's no, there's no skipping around it. It's part of the game. The game is a game. Whether you're um, someone who's working like a career person, or whether you're someone who, who, who does illegal activities, it's the game is the game. And like in being, I was, I was say on the ground in Barcelona, where a lot of these like people, a lot of these people go to Spain, blah blah blah. You're hearing these stories, and I'm like, bro, these my brothers and my sisters here, if they're prepared to be selling. And I'll, I'll say shit on the streets, bro. I'll do this homeless thing, no problem, bro. No, not like, not that I'm comfy, not that I'm, I want to do it. But if they're prepared to be selling this stuff on the streets, and some of these people are living in poor conditions, I can never be, um, I can never turn my nose up on the possibility or how far I'm willing to go in order for me to be successful. I hope that explains clearer like, what I was trying to say. Um, I could probably explain a little bit better, but obviously, you know, we're talking about um, the book itself. So, people, uh, if you listen, if you see P on the road doing the homeless thing, just know he's all right. He's good. Yeah, no, I'll be all right. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, moving on to chapter 10. Oh, did you want to say something there, Miss? No. Uh, so, one second. I don't even want to play down being homeless. That's another thing as well, because that's serious. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, that is dead serious. But what I'm saying is, I'm prepared to do that. I've sat and calculated yeah. the risks, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Sorry, no, but, I, no, but being, being, being on the serious note, it's, no, we're not trying to promote like or, or downplay that um, being homeless is is a serious thing, though. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it is... It's not unless no one wants to be homeless. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not. It's not. I know you. you what you're saying, Pete, and you're capable, and obviously you've got the mindset of being able to be strong enough to handle it. But majority of people, they're not trying to be homeless, in it. Like that's oh. that feel, and then. But moving on to chapter ten, uh, chap 
The Trap Part 2, Addictions and Dope Boy Hollywood. Um, I've, I've noted down, I, I didn't really put too much um, notes on this one, but I do. I did recognise Addictions, like, and we mentioned it before, but like, hustling in the trap is is an addiction. Like, when you're when you're on the roads, like when you're when you're doing what you're doing, like when you're making that fast money, it becomes addictive. You 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 get used to it in such a way that you're always going to want to get involved, and it's it's easier said than done to just walk away from it. But in regards to the other additional addictions he's talking about and referring to, he speaks about um, drugs, smoking weed, drinking alcohol, and things of that nature. Is there anything uh, that you guys wanted to touch on in this subject, in this chapter? Um, not not much, obviously. Um, like, I was never in, like, I'm not a big drinker. I barely drink. I do like a drink, but I don't drink. I um, never smoked. Um, so, I, 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 although I understood it, um, you know, I, I'm not that I need to be connected to it in any shape or form, but I couldn't fall fat. Again, not to play it down, but I've not felt, I've not fallen foul to that. So, um I didn't have too much to really touch on in regards to that. But as to it being an addiction in terms of um, people selling drugs, yeah, I've known people who do that type of stuff. And sometimes I listen to the conversation, I'll be like, bro, I need to slap you back into reality. What are you like? As to, not that that's not you, but um, you, and not that you know better, but it's a case of, you're talking like, the possibility of you not getting bagged is not there. You know what I mean? Or you're exempt mm. from your exempt, you know, those rules or those things are exempt from yourself. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 that's it's it's like it's so it's similar to like being an MC. Ah, I don't know if this is the right the right um analogy, yeah, but it's like when you go when you start when you start rapping, you you're gonna think you're the best, like no one's going to be better than you. It's the same with, like, when you go on the road. You think, all right, cool. I know I know a, ba- a bag of man's been nicked before. I know a lot of man gets shot. I know a lot of people die and go jail. But I'm smarter than all of them, man, there. That can't happen to me. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm way too smart for that. And you genuinely, naively think like that. Like, I remember think, I remember some. I used to say to my brethren all the time, um, bro, I'm ne- bro, I'll never go to jail, bro. I'll never like, and I've I've never been convicted. I don't. I was. I went. I was on remand or whatever, whatnot. But um, that's a whole other story. But I remember always saying, perpetuating that, bro, man's never gonna go to jail. Man's too smart for that, bro. Then man ended up on remand in jail and that. So it's just one. It's that mindset that you have when you get into it. It's sort of like sort of like just when you get into business as well. It's like, all right, my my business is gonna be successful, right? A part of you, you need to have that kind of delusion to even step foot in it before you even start. It's that, it's that, that over cockiness, that overconfidence that you you probably do need to an extent to to do anything to to some extent. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, like it's mad. Like um, maybe it's the other book I'm currently reading. So we're talking about um like let's be honest not let's be honest um to be a drug dealer there's a low low barrier to entry don't need a lot of money just grab a bit and all of a sudden you're selling all of a sudden you're next you're the next pablo escobar you got you got a bit all right now like we've all been approached by a um a network marketer whereas as to 
um, I don't want to say the brand, so I don't want to disrespect anybody. Um, but you know, I'll come with me, and all you come to this meeting, and then boom, 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 boom. Uh -huh. so, so what I'm saying, like, I'm, I've almost forgot what I'm saying, but they've got that drug dealers have got that type of exuberance. You know what I mean? Low mm. entry, all right? Mm. Yes, I'm gonna hit the jackpot in six to twelve months' time. I'm gonna have these bags. Mm. <laughs> no, it's like it's you know sometimes to, to the point now when I'm when I'm when I'm doing something or when I've got a project. I allow my I allow my imagination to run wild. I think it's cool. That is good for that to happen. But I also try to have these almost out of body experiences where it's like someone on my shoulder telling me, "Bro, chill out, chill out. These are the these are these are, this, this 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 road is very long. There's going to be some meanders, some meanders, some bumps. This that, and the third. Understand the pitfalls. So when they do come, you know what I mean. It's not it's not it's not a massive surprise. You know what I'm saying. But I'm now I'm at an age where when shit happens, I'm like, you know what? I should have seen that coming. You know what I mean? Mm. What about um, you, Mace? You got anything to add to that? Uh, not mine, no. <laughs> what I mean, what I would say, I can't remember if it's chapter 10, where because I know he talks about a lot of addictions. He talked about also the addiction to sex and stuff as well in that chapter. I can't remember. Yeah, that comes in the next one. Next chapter, bro. Next one, right, fair enough. Right.